0: Varner, your host of the She Needs Grit Podcast. I am really, really pumped up for what I have in store for you this year. We are going to be diving into some amazing entrepreneurial stories. We're going to be talking all about how you can build your business, how you can have a business that supports the exact ideal dream life you're trying to create for yourself and your family, and how you can do it while you make buckets of money so settle in buckle up get some caffeine and let's get started for 2023. your host of She Needs Grit Podcast and you are in for a treat. We are gonna have a conversation today. Daphne, thank you for joining me. I'm so excited you're here.
1: Hey, thank you for having me. This is awesome.
0: Yes. I I'm really getting into um these guest podcast spots, right? So I do a lot of a lot of those me talking in a room podcasts, which is great. Super fun. Right. Uh, but getting to have a conversation on a Friday morning like, yay, this is this is way more fun than talking to myself like a crazy lady. So I'm glad you're here.
1: Hey, glad to be here.
0: Perfect. Okay, So let's start off. I want you to tell everybody kind of what you do, what you're, what you're working on, what your focus is. Let's just chat about you for a little minute and then we'll kind of see, see where that conversation takes us.
1: Okay. Um, I see myself as a financial educator. And my primary platforms are YouTube and podcasting. You know, podcasting now it, it seems to have generated to YouTube, but mm-hmm. and it's to let's see. The official mission statement <laughs> is to um, help one million women live their best financial lives. So, and to do so through uh, through some laughs, uh, non judgmental money talk. And
0: information. I I think that's why when we first met, however long ago it's been, like I feel like 18 months or something. It's been a mm-hmm. while. Um, I think that's why we both kind of connected right away, right? Is really a shared mission of women being financially I don't know how we want to say it, maybe financially capable, right? And acknowledging yeah. that that we have the ability. And the knowledge and the power and all of that to be financially aware and in charge, regardless of what our, you know, our home circumstances are. Right. It doesn't, it's not necessarily like kick all the husbands to the curb and we can do it no. ourselves. We like them. They're handy. Mike's really handy for getting stuff that's like high up. He's very tall. It's <laughs> great. I like that. Um, but the idea that we don't have to somehow defer to other people for our financial knowledge, but instead we can actually embrace and or educate ourselves if we don't have it currently all about finances as women. And I think what I'm seeing, and I, I'm sure you're seeing this as well, is like that trickle-down effect to our kids, right? to that next generation of boys and girls that just I think are willing to ask the questions and be a little bit more, open with the financial dialogue. I think that no shame conversation- The ability is to critical. forgive
1: yourself. That when you learn something new, when you find out you've been doing something really not smart for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ed, um, big football fan. You have to forget your interceptions. <laughs> yeah, you just threw a pick six, next. Yeah. We, we gotta go back out there and, and run the next play. And so that's, that's a big thing, particularly cause I'm a Gen Xer
0: mm-hmm.
1: and there were some things that we did that everyone has done because even the, it, the majority of America is living paycheck to paycheck. So it's not like, Oh, there's a special problem with women or wow. nope. you can bring, you know, ethnicity into it. There's no, everyone is living paycheck to paycheck. hmm. Um, and so, so what, what are you doing? So, and that's, and it doesn't take hours of study, even though some of us do dedicate a lot of time to it. You don't have to, but there there should be an awareness and, and to know some basic rules and things like that. And they do apply. They're not sexy, but they do apply.
0: <laughs> yeah. Talking money is rarely sexy, right? Unless we're talking right. about like rolling around in a bed full of money. That'd be great. Um, but probably I'm not recommending Indecent Proposal as your strategy. So, <laughs> so I think, what do you think when you, when you kind of like look back over all the conversations you've had with women that are about money, about finances, about just financial literacy, maybe let's call it that, what do you think is one of the things that you believe to be a cornerstone? Like what do you think, no matter what, you need to be aware of this piece at least as one of the main components.
1: Start earning as soon as possible. Start earning. Whether it's getting a getting a early job as a teenager, and then right behind that, put yourself first.
0: Yes. And it,
1: women, again, it crosses ethnic and racial boundaries. We put everybody else first.
0: We do. I think we've been taught that Stupid thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, in an airplane, I guess they make
1: it very clear. That's they say, no mothers, thing. put your mask on first before you mask the baby, and that is that is just one eighty difference for being a mom.
0: Yeah, and I bet you. I mean, even in my head, there in that moment, it was backwards, mm-hmm. right? And I'm like, I'm always yeah. going to do the thing for the kids yeah. first, right? Because the
1: plane is doing something crazy when those masks drop. It's doing yeah. something rapid dropping. The mask come down. What do you mean I'm not going to mask my kids first? No. You got to mask up. So you can't mask your kids.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Because yeah. we're losing oxygen. You're about to get lightheaded. Somebody's got to be stable to mask the kids and make sure they're strapped in and all that.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
1: And then you find that, um, for instance, they, um spend a lot of time on YouTube because mm-hmm. I am a YouTuber. And in the real world, the fastest growing segment of van life ho- slash homelessness are women over forty-five. Are women forty-plus? Yeah, and they're they and this is not an adventure. <laughs> this is oh dear, I'm not making enough money. I'm living in a we we know what rents are doing everywhere. Yeah. I Can afford. This is what I can do. This is the decision I have to make. Very. This is the decision I have to make. I can, you know, I can get me a van or my car, and I'm in there. Where's yeah. the decision? They don't just fall into it. It's a, they they plan for it. It's like okay,
0: yeah, because it becomes the plan that is most financially feasible, right? Right. And right. I think you're right. I think when you talk about the first thing you need to do is start earning, right? Start Mm -hmm. earning early. And to that, I think also start saving early, right? So get very used to the idea that you're not living on a hundred percent of what you take home, but instead that you can live on 85% of it, 75% of it, and that other 25%. And that feels like, such a shitty thing to hear in a moment if you're sitting there like, no, I need 100% of my paycheck right now to pay my bills and feed my kids and do all those things. But if we start when we're young, so if we're talking to you and you're, you're a young woman out there in the world, getting very used to not living at the absolute peak of your earning potential is huge because it allows for a cushion for all those emergencies that inevitably happen big or little, um, it allows you to just get used to working within the confines of a budget and having money socked away for the what ifs, right? The, we know they're going to happen. We don't know what they look like.
1: Right. And the other way to prepare for the what ifs that goes hand in hand with living, um, within your means is actually getting your money up. 100%. That's, that, that's a hundred percent. That's becoming a saying with me, get your money up, girl. Oh um, yeah. You, you trade The majority of us, we trade time for money at some point.
0: Mm-hmm. Not,
1: not everybody is an Instagram entrepreneur making, you know, 10 grand a month. Yeah. Okay. You make your money by trading your time for dollars. Yeah. You've got to maximize that. So does that mean acquiring a skill? And that's the word, acquiring a skill. Notice I didn't say acquiring a degree. I said acquiring so a good. skill. So H- good.
0: Hear that again, everybody. Acquiring a skill isn't necessarily, or very often, acquiring a degree. Right, right. It's really not. Right, and tech
1: now, uh, tech is the biggest way. Um, and to believe, well, I'm not tech oriented. That's because you haven't looked. <laughs> yeah, uh, not all tech is writing code. That is that part of it. Sure, sure, writing code is but yep. that's not all it. There's tech sales, there's technical writing. There it, IT is massive. That whole bridge there. Yeah. And it doesn't always involve being in a room by yourself glued to a screen.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's, that's it. If you can, I think, figure out a way to increase your revenue. Right. So, whether Mm -hmm. you are an entrepreneur and you need to come up with another line of business, right? Something else that's going to generate cash, or you are a person that has a job Mm -hmm. and you're trying to figure out, okay, can I get a raise at my job? Can I increase my position at my job, which will increase what I'm getting paid? Can I negotiate better on the front end of these sorts of things? for Mm -hmm. myself, right? Actual negotiation. I think, I don't know what the stat is, but women and their reluctance to negotiate in salary discussions when you're getting a new job or getting a new role in a job Mm -hmm. is unbelievable. We just don't. We just take what they give us as if somehow that we should be grateful for that number as opposed to being like, hey, based on my education, my experience, my you know, production in this company and what that's meaning for your bottom line. I want to see X for me yeah. and going in super confident that way.
1: I tell you who's gotten, who I'm learning from, millennials Mm -hmm. and, and the Gen Z, they job hop, which is actually the best way to get raises. It's not just. We were taught, "Hey, go in there. You negotiate. You show what I what I have how I, how I have affected the bottom line, and this is where I think I should be."
0: Yep. Nah, yeah, just get you a job,
1: mm-hmm. and that comes back to skills. Yeah, you know, are you you're a Salesforce admin? They need them. Mm-hmm. You have a particular uh, certification, whether it be uh, like AWS, which is Amazon Web Services. Um, there's some Google. Google has a has some certifications out there. Microsoft. Plug them into Indeed, great search engine for jobs, and just see when you plug something in. For instance, uh, Salesforce. You put in Salesforce Admin uh, in my hometown, and there's over twelve thousand openings, within a twenty-five mile radius.
0: See. 12,000 jobs and you know, yeah. they're all range of salaries, right? So right. you are able to then go, I'm here, then I'm hopping over here. Then I'm going to move right. after 18 months. And it does make a difference. Move sure out, move up. Right. Is true. Sure. Yeah. yeah.
1: And if you, and tech sales, technical writing, I mean, if you're making 95, if you're making 90,000 and in many cases, six figures, hundred thousand, hundred and five, You do that for 10 years, you've made a million dollars and gross. That's a big difference from, I think the median salary for women, let me get it right. I haven't looked, checked it in a while. It's like $38,000. It's a whole different lifestyle. And again, we're not talking about four years in college. We're not talking about that. We're talking about acquiring a skill. And many of them can be acquired for free. Uh, Amazon web services is one. Yeah. Um, the routing like Cisco is another, they've, they've got sites where you can acquire the intro level knowledge to get some basic certifications. And, um, and there you go. So it's, it's there, but it, it's to get your money up, not simply to to try to shrink down into a budget. And I'm certainly not telling you to live beyond your current means, that's important. But when you say saving for retirement, mm-hmm. I like to use the word investing for retirement. Yes. Because, yes. Saving it
0: in a sock drawer is not going to do you anything.
1: Right. Cool. Or if there's a retirement plan at your job, use it because it, it one, it you, you've started because that's the key is to get started. Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's so much information, we just do nothing. I've, I've been guilty of that. Yep. Uh, start saving it and leave it alone.
0: I <laughs> yep. Set it and forget it, right? And, and this right. comes to that idea. The one thing I notice is entrepreneurs in particular. So, okay, if you have a job and you have a retirement plan at the job, this is a no-brainer. Use the retirement plan. Use right. it. It is important. If you are an entrepreneur, you need to set up your own retirement plan. You cannot anticipate, because what happens is, and I see this all the time, is we just assume, well, next year or the year after, or eventually, I will make enough money that I can just start socking it away. And I will be able to do that and make up the time. And the reality is, most people don't. Right. Most people don't. Right. That's why I tell...
1: Always, when you change jobs, or let's say you're laid off,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: leave that money alone. Yep. Oh, but I needed it. It's gone. They hit you for taxes. So they took like 40% of it hitting you for taxes. Anywhere from 30 to 40%, they hit you for taxes. You were unemployed. You went through the money, and you still had to figure something out 30, 45 days later. You still had to figure something out. Whereas if you just left it alone, Mm -hmm. because 59 and a half is coming sooner than you think.
0: It is right. Creeps up on you. And we just, I think, I think what women, and it's not just women, but since most of the people that I know are listening to this Mm -hmm. are women, it is absolutely critical that you Become educated in this, and what that means is not necessarily. I don't expect you to go and figure out like financial planning and what should I invest in and how should I. Don't do that unless you really want to. Right. But find somebody on your create a team of people that will support you in this, right? That will help you. That will educate you. That will answer all your questions, no matter how foolish you feel asking them, mm-hmm. and. That will kind of hold you accountable to the financial long-term goals that you have set, or if you haven't set them, they will help you. They will walk you through that plan. A good financial advisor will help you figure out what does your life need to look like when you get to 59 and a half, what you want your life to look like, and how do you reverse engineer that in your day right now, starting whether you're 57 or whether you're 37. It doesn't matter.
1: And let's say you're at an income level where financial advisors tend not to talk to you. Cause that that's real too. Yep. Okay. So if you're there, there there's some basic things you can do. And one of them is to live under your means. Now, again, well, what if that's not possible? Um, here in Houston, I ran the numbers. You need to be at about 40, let me get it right. 42,000 and change to afford a two bedroom apartment within the federal guidelines and the federal guidelines is FHA will only loan you so much your housing expense must be 30% or lower of your gross take home so in order so and that's a pretty good rule of thumb because if it you're is. paying more than a third of your take home for living arrangements You got a problem. You're running real thin.
0: It's not going to take much to knock you off the track. Right. Yeah.
1: So, again, to get your money up and then take advantage of the things that are there for you. And one of them is your, uh, again, is your your employer plan.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But you also have to start reading some stuff on your own. You know, get the basic stuff out of the way. Life insurance is one.
0: Life insurance it's a great
1: vehicle for, for various things. But the real reason for life insurance is to give people money if you die.
0: Right, which is a, so, you know, this used to be me, right? This was my my past life. And that's an uncomfortable conversation. You think there's money shame around? Start talking to people about being dead. They <laughs> do not want to talk about being no. dead. They don't want to acknowledge it, envision it deal with it and but the reality is the consequence and repercussion to your family so if something happens to the primary breadwinner in a household and there's no life insurance not only are you dealing with just the expense of dealing with the person who has died right so you've got your funeral expenses you've got burial Mm -hmm. whatever you're going to do in that way um you now have no income right, or very limited income, right? Depending sure. on what your circumstance is. And that position is really scary while you're grieving, while you're trying to deal with your children potentially grieving. Um, whatever that looks like in your life, life insurance can be a very low cost way of providing a bit of breathing room, a it little is, bit it, of space. To sort out how you're doing mentally, whether you have to go back to work on Tuesday, um, how you're going to continue keeping that roof over your head, right? And yeah. we don't talk about it enough. We no, don't talk no. about it because all of us are a little bit like, yeah, I don't want to think about being dead. And it's like, yeah, I don't want to be dead either, guys. I really don't. But <laughs> I'm also unwilling to have me be dead end up that my family is on the street. That. You know that's not okay. No, it's not. And
1: you need life insurance, even if you're 22 mm-hmm. and living with four roommates. Yep, you still need life insurance
0: because okay, in the let's event of talk about that for a little second. Why do you need <clears throat> life insurance if you're 22, Daphne?
1: Oh, okay. The immediacy of if they were to lose you. Okay, so no one expects 22 year olds to die. They don't. That, that's why their life insurance is so cheap. Yep. When someone dies, the person who's in charge, and for most 22-year-olds, it's going to be the person that raised them, whether, yep. you know, call them mom, dad, Auntie Vera. Someone has to come in and settle your affairs. Mm-hmm. Your affairs have to be settled. One, you have to be, the, the body has to be disposed of. Those okay. arrangements have to be made. Shedding down, closing down your living arrangements have to be taken care of. Moving your stuff, all of that. That takes cash. And you need that cash up front. Uh, as if anyone has ever planned a funeral, they get paid in cash. There, There is no payment plan for funerals. No. And they, it's a velvet hammer if you've ever been involved in funeral arrangements they they're very soft spoken but they're very firm on what has to be done and, yeah. and the the and money uh getting life insurance at 22 when you're young and healthy when it's cheap depending on the type of policy it can grow it can grow you can grow money within the policy mm-hmm. but I won't get into all that let's just keep it simple you're healthy it's cheap the person who has to take care of your issues is going to need the life insurance. If you die and it'll grow into other things, as you become more financially aware, you'll learn what to do with that policy. As time goes on, you'll pick up the knowledge. You go, Hey, I got this. Also, Hey, it helps with your credit rating. It helps with your credit score, having life insurance. It's an asset.
0: So it's an asset. Yeah. And it, I want to just emphasize the piece that you said Get it while you're healthy. And young means cheap in life insurance. It just does. Sure does. Healthy also means cheap in life insurance. Mm -hmm. And what I found when I was selling life insurance back in the day is we don't know what health circumstance we're going to be faced with at what age, right? No, you don't. We assume we're going to be like old and gray and then we're going to get decrepit with something. But- people who end up with a diagnosis younger than they anticipated often are in a position where they're no longer insurable. They are. And when you're 22, that doesn't seem like that big of a deal. But when you're 52 and you've got three or four kids and you've got a spouse that depends on you and you've got a house and you've got debt coming out the wazoo, your insurability can become a real problem if you all of a sudden are not insurable. Sure. Sure. Right. So locking oh, it, in it, that insurability when you're young and healthy is a much better strategy than like playing catch up as you get older. And uh, here's, here's
1: another one. Insure your kids. Now there's yes. a, there's a pundit out there that tells you life insurance for kids is stupid. No, it's not.
0: No, it's not because
1: their health can change on a dime.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Putting uh Particularly under the age of eighteen, it has to be a permanent policy. Yeah, which that guy really doesn't like. <laughs> but insuring them ensures their insurability. It does because things change. If if they become a type one diabetic, things happen. Children develop cancer. Things happen where they are no longer insurable. And again, as the parent, you may need. If the worst thing happens to a parent, yep. you need some cash right there. Again, anyone ever had to deal with with final arrangements, you need cash. Yep. We got nothing else to talk about. We need cash. They're, yep. they're real nice I talking need, to you, but they need cash.
0: Yeah. And they you also need, and this is something that I used to bring up all the time, was you need space and that costs money. Mm-hmm. If something happens to a kid, which we really don't want to talk about, we certainly don't want to right. think about. We've taken a dark turn. We've taken a dark turn here, people. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring it back to the light in a second. But if that happens, you're not going back to work right away. No. You're just not. So these are the things that like, these are the discussions I think that sometimes get avoided or get glossed over because- Everybody in that conversation is really uncomfortable. And so I want in this moment for you to consider as you're listening to this, first off, if you haven't turned us off, good job, (laughs) you you worked your way through the uncomfortable, but I want you to really consider how secure you feel currently right now financially. Do you feel prepared for the worst case scenarios, a job loss, all your clients fire you, you Mm -hmm are unable to work. Something happens to a family member. How many of you are sitting there going like, oh shit, I'm not very well prepared for this. I'm not in a position that that would be, that I would at least financially have some preparation available to me. This is really critical. It, it's critical when it comes to your retirement and your long-term savings. It's critical when it comes to insurance planning. It's critical when it comes to, do you have a will in place? all of these things that we don't talk about very much in the entrepreneurial world at all. And we do talk about a little bit more, I think in the employment world, you'll talk about benefits and that sort of thing. So that conversation at least sort of happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is also part of being a CEO. This is part of being financially literate. This is part of taking ownership and control of our finances as women and Mm -hmm. as caretakers for our families. So it's really important to have that conversation despite the fact it's super uncomfortable and go down that path and just put yourself in a position where this is not going to derail your entire life permanently.
1: Right. Right. And that's, I call it financial self-dependence.
0: Ooh, I like that.
1: It isn't, it isn't anti-guy. No. I've been married Multiple decades, myself. <laughs> and marriage is, is actually financially beneficial for women. I know that may not be the sexy YouTube thing to say. <laughs> marriage is financially beneficial to women. Yeah. So, because you're, you're, you're attaching yourself to someone who on average makes more money than you. And that is what it is. That is what it is. We can go back and forth. But again, it is what it is. And it's financially advantageous to have children within a marriage.
0: It doesn't always feel like it when I'm buying shoes. I'm just gonna say, Daphne. You know
1: their feet. You often go, "Kid, seriously?" Uh,
0: Yeah. Every especially you have sons. You have sons. Three boys, and they are just like two of them. Every six weeks, somebody needs new shoes.
1: Yeah. Are they they're teenage boys or?
0: They are those two are twelve and just turned eleven, and we okay. Are at that... So they've
1: they've stepped into the men's size shoes now.
0: Yes, they have. Oh man, it's
1: that a was death, a mind a blower.
0: Day. It's a bad day for the budget people.
1: When you go, you go into the store and you've been buying the boy size shoes they look like dad shoes, but they're boy yeah. size. And then they cross over, they get into that size seven, and you're like,
0: a hundred percent. It's not fun.
1: No, you're sitting there going, "Whoa, I gotta, pay, I gotta pay for your shoes. The same thing I pay for dad's shoes now. Yep, this is crazy. And well, you don't and- take care of your shoes, and you, yes. and your foot grows, and your foot all is growing all the time,
0: all the time. Because the problem is with the boys, in particular, is when they were little, they used to wear through shoes, right? Like they were using them as right. brakes on their scooters or their bikes or whatever. And so, like, there'd be no toes left to a shoe. Yep. So I, I felt good about replacing those shoes. Now they're they're growing faster than they are wearing through the shoes for the most part at these ages. Mm-hmm. Um, my nine-year-old's still kind of a little bit just rough on shoes. And and so he will wreck them before he outgrows them. But the other two, those shoes look great. They just don't fit anybody's feet in our house anymore. So my youngest <laughs> has like a box of shoes that he can grow into. In this stage, he will have many shoes because they they still look pretty good. But yeah, boys yeah. and feet. And food, I tell you. Oh, man. It's killing me. And
1: again, and that's why as a, women, that's where it comes in. The kids come first. You're doing this. You're doing that. Particularly if you go into the single mom area or dad, for whatever reason, is unable. Because it isn't always just he just left. There's death. he would go with the life insurance again. Yep. Uh, there is disability. Uh, and here's another fun insurance fact you're more likely to need disability insurance before the age of 65 than you are life insurance yep that's the other insurance you really need to get right after you get your basic term policy 22 year old you need to go see uh, you need to go see about disability insurance again it's going to be dirt cheap because you're young and you're healthy Yep. As long as you're not doing something crazy like uh, you work on on tension wires or something like that.
0: Yeah, you no know, parachute jumping, people.
1: You know, it's, it's going to be pretty cheap. So yep. you need to ad- 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 indemnify in areas. Because you put insurance on that Apple phone, on yeah. that iPhone, it is insured. <laughs> Why yep. not insure yourself and in your ability to work? Because, again, that's how you take care of yourself. I think it's just um, that we need to take some. Detached, intense look at what's going on financially, uh, mm-hmm. because oftentimes, for instance, in, in um, you may be the one that made it out. You may be the kid that kept her nose clean, didn't have a, didn't have uh, didn't get pregnant in high school, acquired the skill, whether it be through certification or degree. And you're the one in the family that's doing well, that's functional. Well, you can't drag your siblings with you. No. You know, you cannot be the family bank. You guys can form a family bank. That's another episode because there, <laughs> there are ways to do that where, you know, the family can become self-sustaining and things like that. But you as an individual can't be the family bank. Again, putting on your mask first because sometimes there has to be no not sometimes. No, there has to be boundaries financially. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever run into clients who, when you start going through the numbers and you, whoa, wait a minute. You're sending a, you're, you're actually sending a double digit percentage of your income to your mom. Yeah. But they need help. Why does mom? well, maybe why does mom need help? Well, my brother and you know, there's, there's the ne'er do well sibling that you're supporting through your mom. Yep. And once again we get now we've got inter, intergenerational not putting your mask on first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think if we were to look at I don't know. What do you think would be your top 3 things that we've touched on today? Like priority number 1 I think is get your money up. What do you think? Right. Right. That's priority number 1. That's where you start. Yeah. Um I would say priority number 2 is get financially educated, right? Right. So that's, we're going to encompass all the things we talked about in terms of um, retirement and insurance and all of those things. So there are people you can talk to, there are books you can read, there's podcasts you can follow, there's all Mm -hmm. of those things, the resources are out there. So if we say, okay, we're going to get our money up, we're going to get some financial education so that we feel better just more knowledgeable so we can start making different decisions. Right. What do you think's number three? What do you think's the next step to that?
1: Boundary setting. Yeah. Yeah. Again, that's, that's what I mostly see when I talk to women particularly. Yep. It's boundary setting. And it comes again, you're the rich aunt (laughs) in their eyes. You're the rich aunt, uh, you're the kid that did well. So your mom is leaning on you. Um, you may have, uh, I call them, um, you know, the, the financially responsible boyfriend that, that plays in. Yep. So the boundary setting of, and, and that's tough when you know someone is, is not, hasn't done as well as you. So, but the boundary settings that even with, with your kids, It comes in multiple directions, Mm -hmm. your peers, your siblings, your kids, your parents. How much are you going to do for your parents or your mom and so forth? Because your money story, your first money story, and the one that you start with is the one your parents gave you. Mm -hmm. So what if you're you're the daughter of a single mom, for whatever reason, whether she was a widow, dad wasn't in the picture for whatever reason, we know th- the the median income of men and women is different. And she was always, it wasn't that she didn't want to save, she couldn't. Yeah. She, between keeping a roof over you guys, the food, the shoes, <laughs> there wasn't anything left. So what do we do now that mom's gotten older? And we just, we just gave you the, the number for homelessness, women. Yeah, yeah how do I set a boundary with my mom? Yeah. So, but yeah. again, can't can save folks so you save yourself. So th- those are the three things, of course, get your money yeah. up, get some organization about the money, start educating yourself and then putting the stuff in the action. What in that area it's tough because sometimes you get so much information, you don't, you get analysis by paralysis. And mm-hmm. so in that case, I would say, keep it simple. And that's yeah. why I say start at work with the savings program. Uh, they've got apps out there, or you can just good old pen and paper and steno pad and yeah. write down where the money's going. Now, yeah. the, the other pundit that we spoke of earlier about the life insurance for kids, the one thing he does mention that I totally agree with that at the beginning of the month, write it down. Name every dollar, write yeah, it down, where is it going? Job. Yeah. That has helped me quite a bit. Yeah. So yeah. that you know where it's going. But yeah, so those, those are the, the three things I would leave. So
0: I love that. Okay, Daphne, if people need to find you because they've listened to this and they thought, okay, all right, I need to talk to her more. Where do you want them to come? How can they, how can they track you down?
1: Okay, uh, I spent a lot of time on Instagram. I'm the smart money chick on Instagram. I'm also on YouTube, smart money chick TV. So from there, you'll wind up at that link tree in some way where it, just all the stuff is. So, um, and the link tree is even the smart money chick, so. Okay,
0: very cool. I will make sure that that's in the show notes so that everybody can track you down. I... Just want to thank you for coming on today and having this conversation because I think this is the beginning of financial literacy and knowledge for people, right? If they're sitting there listening to this today and thinking like, okay, I've got some stuff to do, that's that's what we're hoping for. We're hoping that this just kind of like props open that door just a little bit for you to go, all right, okay, I'm on it. I'll start, I'll start looking at this now. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Just- And the more, once the looking starts, that's when the education starts. Yeah. Forgive yourself for the stuff you did and didn't do. Mm -hmm. My fellow Gen Xers, you know, where there's life, there's hope. Yep. And And you can get it going, get it started.
0: That's excellent. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really, really appreciate it. Hey,
1: sounds like a plan. Glad to be here.
0: All right, guys, I will talk to you again next week. Take care and go take a little peek at your money. Thank you so much for listening and spending your time at the She Needs Grit podcast. I would be ever so grateful if you would be able to leave me a review or share this episode with somebody that you know needs to listen to these lessons as well. Thank you so much.